Hi, folks. This podcast is recorded in a house with animals. That includes two hound dogs, four cats, and one teenager. Honestly, I don't feel so bad about calling a teenager an animal because have you seen how much they eat and their cleanliness habits? Uh, Darth is pretty clean. He's gotten better. Yes, it's the, so it's the voracious, oh predatory God, the nature. Yeah. And the cat-like tendency to completely ignore you. Yeah. And the chickens are asleep. Which is a thing. So uh, part of my routine is now making sure they go to bed at night. Ernie is <sighs> sitting here at my feet looking at me sadly, probably about to fart loudly. That's what he does. Uh, so, uh, uh... The other thing to warn you about is we're not shy with the swears or with references to bodily functions. Yes, if Ernie farts, I will curse. And we curse a lot, therefore this podcast is marked explicit because... There are only two options, explicit and clean, and we don't qualify as clean, but we're not, like, explicit, like... If you're here looking for smut, oh, God, are you about to be really disappointed? Really disappointed. But, you know, if you're just too lazy to change the channel because you're driving or something and you don't want to have to find another podcast and we're still talking, if you stick around, we might tell you how to organize your Rolodex. Uh, maybe. Well, no. Does anybody use Rolodexes anymore? We'll if get to that. If you use a Rolodex, please write us. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 112. Uh, this week, we have letters from our listeners. I will admit several of the letters are about uh, our discussions or my discussions with Dino. While we were in foreign countries. So uh, we can expect a lot of that. And yes, I heard all of you. I'll either have to do that as an annual thing or just, you know, do our own podcast or something. Y called you guys are allowed to just have a conversation like friends, you know. Kevin and Dino talk shit. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, or, or, but you could just talk to each other without <laughs> recording it for posterity. People were saying they were at least entertained by it, oh, but... Well. Doing it more than once a year like in that particular format was a bit much. Yeah, that's fair. And more than one person. So it's understandable. It's understandable. Um, but we'll get to those in a couple minutes. It has been nice. So nice to be actually home. Yes. And not traveling. Yes. And working consistently. Even with a holiday week last week, it was only a four-day week. It still came to a close on a... Friday, and then I didn't have to go anywhere for two days, and I played with my new smoker for two days. You did. <laughs> you made some fantastic food. I did. Um, and we we talked we talk a lot about food, and it was delicious. And we talk about that on uh, Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap this week, so you can always check that out. The thing about it is, though, I'm able. I'm starting to get back in my rut. Oh, the beautiful rut. The beautiful rut. A rut is just a groove with bad press. Kinda, yeah. The the only thing about my rut I'm a little, I guess, adapting to still is that work when I'm, I have my on call week, which is next week, I work basically, or I have to be on call 10 to 6, mm -hmm. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., which isn't so bad. And I, I have, there's time built in. There are people who can cover while I go pick up Jacob at school. And things like that. So it's not that big a deal. It's just that I have to adjust slightly because most of the time it's like, oh, yeah, I'm done dropping him off at 830 in the morning. Right. And so in any other context, it would be like, well, I'll just start at 830 and I'll wrap up at 
five-ish, six, you know, something like that. With an on-call rotation of any sort, you're into a structured time where that block is blocked. You are, you know, unless, and this may be me, and it may be that the company culture supports a little wiggle room in this, but generally my feeling is that if you're scheduled to be on that block dealing with alerts, then you are there start to finish and you get somebody to cover if you're not, uh, which is, you know, acceptable, I think. Uh, and we've got a new manager who I, honestly, I want to get her on the show one day because she's already like her first question I was covering for a, a friend coworker this week who's not feeling well. He's the second level. So it wasn't as intense as being at the first level where you're the one getting all the alerts. You're the one who's there to support. Hang but, on, back up. I, yeah. I think I missed something. You said normally you'd start at 830, but your shift runs till 10 or starts at 10. Right. So are you just starting at 10 and not earlier? Or I, I try to, whenever I'm on call in a block like that, I try to start at least half an hour early so I can get through my emails. So I can see what's been going on while I was offline. Right. Because if so you literally just have an extra hour that you aren't working. Right. So I'll run around and deal with the chickens or, or stuff like that because I know I'm not going to have time later in the day. But then when I'm not on call, when it's not my turn, suddenly it's like, oh, I could start now and be done early, but I'm finding myself shifting to, to basically be 10 a.m. to 6. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, it works out. But I was going to say the first question, our new... I'm not sure where, what the specific title is, but basically the person in charge of like one or two or three layers above me, and we're all, we get on a stand up most mornings, was, she was like, so when were you on call last? Hearing I was going to be covering for the other guy. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's been about a week and a half. And I thought that was a really interesting question. Because it's not often you hear a manager stop and say, when were you on last? Is it... Are you going to wear yourself? I mean, essentially. Are oh, oh, it wasn't. A, it's been too long. It's. A, are you going to burn yourself out? Right. It's. Right. It's not. Has it been too long? It's. Has it been too soon? And I find that refreshing, which oh, is yeah. one of the reasons I want to get her on the show because I follow her on Twitter. She follows me back. I'm really oh, sorry God. about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the the whole thing is she talks a lot about. Uh, what I do and managing people like me, uh, system reliability engineers, SREs. And I think it's sort of a fascinating thing to have a manager who actually is just like, when, no, we, we don't want you on call too soon. That's, that's too heavy. I'm not used to that. I'm used to, well, we need somebody to cover your it. Right. So I'm still, I, I love this new world I'm finding myself in, which may be modern business practices that I've never actually encountered before because I've worked for horrible companies. Uh, yeah. The good, the bad, yeah, the other. Sorry, I'm I'm having some Perrier because I've been talking. But otherwise, I've been writing my code and running tests and building images and the last week, and it's just been glorious. Next week, I'm going to be the point person, so probably won't get as much done, so I'm trying to get as much done this week as I can. But still, it's nice to know that there's this regulation and it's not going to be broken up like halfway through and go, well, going to be gone for three three days. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, I mean, and it, it gives me some time to sort of decompress a little bit, which is nice. How, how are you doing this week? I am actually frustrated because I am not getting back in my rut. I'm trying to be in my rut. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, as I talked about briefly last week, I am in the situation where the editor has said, send me just a bunch of ideas that, and, you know, we'll yeah. take a look at them. And because I have to do this thing that is normally the way I work, I am suddenly, like, just completely unfocused and bereft of ideas. Mm -hmm. And, I, I mean, I was grateful to see edits come in yeah, because I need to do edits and then I know what I'm doing. So I'm sort of out of my rut because <laughs> I'm not working on, you know, a project that's rolling along and, and I am accomplishing things. I'm just throwing crap at a wall to see what sticks and going, I have no ideas. I am a hack. I will, you know, retreat to the my fortress of solitude maybe i should build a fortress of solitude right. i mean it's really the coffee shop it's less a fortress of solitude more a fortress of shameless eavesdropping but and caffeine and caffeine but yes so it's been hard because and it's so i i feel you know oh my diamond shoes but uh they are <laughs> they pinch my feet but uh, being asked to come up with a bunch of ideas is normally something I could do standing on my head sideways. Right. And now that I have to do it, like, and it matters, and basically I've been told, come up with a tentpole debut novel idea, please. I'm oh, like, dear God. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's it, because it's, it's come up with a book so amazing that it's your debut novel, fantasy novel from this company, and you will be, tr marketing will treat you like a new author. And, you know, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. uh, that's, that's a little harder to just snap my fingers and come up with. Indeed. Now, I will say, as a follow up to last week, you took a day off last week. I did. It was hard. Yes, it hurt me. It hurt you. And I guess it didn't help that much? Nope. Nope. I mean, well, okay, you, no, it did. It actually helped <laughs> a lot. I read like five books over, I started like three books and then got into reading. And you know how it is normally I don't read when I read fiction when I'm writing, but I went and rolled through like four or five novels. Okay. And got in the groove. And that was good. And that got me. An idea, which I just sent off to my editor today in about 5,000 words worth, about uh, a woman who uh, she, can, uh, she can tell if someone is lying by tasting a drop of their blood, and which is worked great until she encountered a pathological liar who believed what she was saying, who was yeah. also a murderer. And so she blames herself for the fact she didn't spot this person was the murderer because they thought they claimed they weren't and believed it. Oh my! And uh, now she's been like dragged out of retirement to witness a uh, treaty being signed between two warring countries, of which she is she is in one of them. And she gets to the point and realizes that her country is lying, and they're going to stab the other one in the back. Ooh. And so. And then I have no idea what happens after that. I'm just I just wrote down ideas that occurred to me in the final like thing. It's like so then I guess they go on the lamb and something happens and I don't know how this book ends. I'll figure it out when I get there. I guess this is about living in a post truth world. Anyway, let me know if you want me to finish it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. So uh, it seems thing. like an idea that should have some some meat, but I mean I don't it. Know. It. I think the idea has some meat. I I'll be curious to see where you go with it if yeah, they you pick and it up both. so yeah hi so, sergey yeah so i'm frustrated because i am not in my rut mm -hmm. and today i had cramps and that was annoying 
So I slept, and then I felt guilty, so I wrote a thousand words, and we then- We warned you about bodily fu- functions, people. And then, uh, and then I was like, well, if I'm going to have cramps anyway and be miserable, I might as well go run the weed whacker, because laying here isn't making them any better. Okay. So um, this is fair. why I'm really bad at being sick. Yeah. I, I basically- I have to have something like the swine flu that knocks me down so hard I can't move. And even then, you were so frustrated. You were like, why am I exhausted going down the stairs? I, like Because it's the swine flu. Oh, God. I felt like such a malingerer. Yeah. Somebody yeah. pointed out the word malingerer earlier today. And in a discussion about anxiety and the voice in your brain that tells you, you know, you're... you're mm-hmm. That any condition you have, other people have real problems, and you're just using it as an excuse to be lazy. And they're like, my brain loves malingerer. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good word. Mine loves it, too. It flows so elegantly yeah. off the tongue. Malingering. That's, that's Sergey, don't help with the microphone. We love you, too. Anyway. Anyway. We have questions, I bet. We, we do. And I had actually, I had one come up on, before we get to the letters and the rest of that, I had one come up on Discord. And our friend Kate who is also a friend of Shannon. Oh, uh, of, yeah. uh, Murphy. Different Kate. Different Kate. A Kate. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> An unknown Kate. No, you, you okay, know, I know her, who but, them are. Yeah. But anyway, um, maybe you don't know her as Kate. Uh, her question was, is there a feeling that when you, you know, open up your to-do list and there's just, okay, Sergey, I'm moving the keyboard now because you're not helping. Um, or you think you're helping and you're not really. Anyway, uh, where was I? Thing. Thinking. Um, there we go. Um, yeah, a, a word for looking at your list and not knowing where to start, and it's just so big and it's overwhelming. And I don't think there's a specific term, and I know we've talked about that on the show before. And I, my, my answer is it's basically a combination of decision fatigue and anxiety. There are so many decisions, you, your brain can't process them. And of course, if you have a, even a slightest hint of anxiety, now it's mad at you because you're not doing anything. Sound familiar? Yes. Yes. So, I, I mean, I, if anyone out there happens to know if there's a specific term for this situation, I, I'd love to hear about it, but I certainly don't know it. Repeat so. it again. So, the condition where you have a list of things to do, and it's very large, and when you look at it, your brain sort of shuts down. Oh, yes, the, the to-do list fear. Yeah, yes. fear. Yeah, the to-do list fear. I think it's a, a, a form of decision anxiety could, or uh, decision just, fatigue. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, mm-hmm. the other day and uh, mentioned the, the – and she has ADD. And yeah. I mentioned that I thought it – and she's like, but you're so productive. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting statement. Uh, <laughs> yes, but on like 50 different things simultaneously – She's like, no, mine manifests at, like, I don't get anything done because I want to do this thing. Okay, but to do this thing, I have to do this other thing. Okay, but to do this other thing, I have to leave the house. Okay, but to leave the house, I have to take a shower. Okay, but before I take a shower, I should work out, and I don't want to work out, so I don't do the ultimate thing. Interesting. Yeah, and she's like, so it's a a the the decision, tr- the, the, the chain of events basically hits right, a link right. and stops, and- can't do the thing because not feeling up to working out. I, I have the opposite problem, which is I go to do a thing and it takes extra steps and the extra steps put me on a tangent where I end up doing something completely different and missing the first thing. I just like, I'm like, okay, I won't work out and fuck showering and 
do the thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But everybody deals with it in a different way. And everybody's, if, if you have or diagnosed with ADHD or ADD, um, especially in adults, it presents a little different for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, and, and, or if you have depression or which certainly can play into it. I, my, and I am not a psychiatrist or psychologist or all that bright, but my gut feeling would be (laughs) if you're prone to, depression you are probably more likely to hit the i can't do this thing so why do i bother doing anything thing whereas if you have the rare anxiety deficit thing without the depression it's i must do 40 things simultaneously right and if i'm not doing if i'm only doing 39 i'm going to die in a ditch next to walmart yes yes the nebulous bad thing which and i I think it was this is gonna sound weird but i i've lived in my life in fear of the nebulous poverty thing right uh well because you were like seriously in poverty once. yes and uh the the reclassifying it in my head as dying in a ditch next to Walmart yeah. is actually very helpful because it's absurd. <laughs> so I can sort of, you know, laugh at the terrifying monster looming over me, controlling my every existence. Right. It's it's like, yes, the monster is still there looming over me, controlling my entire existence, but I put a stupid hat on it. And now it's a cute monster looming over your terrible no, existence. No, it's just a monster with a stupid hat. That's all right. Yeah. Now you can ridicule it a little bit instead of, well, maybe not. Maybe it likes the hat. Well, there's a Harry Potter thing about that. Oh. Yeah, there was the spell, you got rid of the things that are that frighten you by uh, imagining them as ridiculous as possible. I must have missed that one. Oh, it was... The problem is that uh, when they shot it, the, the scene in the movie, uh, they uh, they kept doing the, the things that were supposed to be less scary sometimes were bloody terrifying <laughs> like one of the characters was afraid of snakes so there was a big cobra and then she did the spell and turned it into a giant jack-in-the-box swaying back and forth with a horrible painted clown face oh, it's God. like holy shit what no no bring back the snake Right. Yeah, no, I can, yeah. I, so, anyway. See, I don't remember that in the books, and I certainly, well, I only saw two of the movies. So oh, every, well, you might have missed it then, yeah. Yeah, everybody who's out there screaming, what do you mean you've only seen two of the movies? It's fine. They hit right when you had small children, and they? Yeah. 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 Was, eh. Eh. Anyway. Anyway, so there's all that. Um, and I guess on that note, we do have letters, and we do have questions, and so we will get to them Right after this. And we are back. Woo! Woo! I have drinks. I mean, they're mine are all non-alcoholic. Uh, did you refill your wine? I'm out of wine. Oh, no. Well. It's okay. I, I need stuff from the store tomorrow anyway, so I think we can work something out. 
All right, so letters, 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 and we're a little behind on letters. I apologize. We've been a little busy. So back in August, um, a response to part two of Cooking with Dino, um, which we did talk a lot about kale. And he said, oh, my And Damien said, oh, my Lord, why is kale still a thing? There's only one way of cooking kale, and it's in coal cannon, and you only ever do that around Halloween. I don't know, but he included a recipe. I've never had coal cannon, so I think we might have to try that out. What do you think? I think it's kale. Well, okay. Uh, I, I am willing to acknowledge that Dino is a very good cook and may have a way of creating kale that is a glory and a joy forever, but... Well, I was thinking about Irish coal cannon. Let's just say I'm skeptical. Okay. Does kale grow in Ireland? Uh, apparently, yeah. Yeah, no. It's it's a hardy beast is what it is. Uh, okay, uh, I'll link to the recipe in the show notes. Um, and then, uh, as a matter of fact, then L wrote in to say, is there a recipe for ca- the kale and or eggplant? <coughs> Excuse me. And the in answer to that, Dino left... A whole bunch of information. I don't think we need to read this entire thing. No, no, but he, he there there are two really long comments on the preparation on, of eggplant and and kale. kale yeah. And then also uh, in uh, response to Damien, I will see your coal can and raise you a stem pot. You basically boil all the things together, potato, rutabaga, turnips, carrots, kale, and then mash them until broken down a bit, but still chunky. Then you fry it in the fat of your choice. Um, let's see. We had also talked about the whole migrant situation and asylum seekers and a couple of people were very, uh, curt and especially so about making sure we use the right terminology. Asylum seekers, um, is much better than the illegal than immigrant, immigrant, which yeah. that's totally fair. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've apologized twice for that too. Um, but we will yeah. attempt going forward to, Make that part yep. of our vocabulary. Yeah, and there's um, there's also some discussion about uh, a the the whole people should cook their own stuff and blah blah and how the expense and I mean we had talked a lot about that that sort of thing and one of the things Dino points out is that it's also ableist to uh, to expect people to cook their own food when they have you know issues yeah. that make that an extremely yeah. taxing thing to do yeah yeah and and i think his his quote is getting out of bed getting to the bathroom getting showered then dried then changes a fucking process to begin with i'm not going to shame her for eating a breakfast bar on the way out the door because she spent the last hour and a half to 2 hours just getting out the door and i'm i am completely in agreement with that absolutely you know um you can read all of Dino's comments uh, on the website. Uh, these are all, I believe, mostly linked to episode 108. So, and and there's some really good stuff in the eggplant one, uh, especially about how to, like, what to look for in an eggplant and that sort of thing. And I, mm-hmm. I there is no world where I will ever cook an eggplant, but... <laughs> I am glad that there are people who know how to cook an eggplant, so I don't have to. Yeah. I like eggplant, but I've never been particularly successful cooking it, and that's fine. It's something that I will deal with. 
All right. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, another comment from Dino about on uh, episode 107, uh, where someone had commented about the cookbook that we talked about, and uh, apparently they got the link right, so I'll link it back in, because uh, Dino's exact comment is, that is the exact one, holy fuck, I, I never thought I'd see that thing again, it was so goddamn cute, and I took away a ton of smart techniques from it that I use even to this day, even if I don't necessarily use the recipes. I, I think we can probably class the Dino comments as go and read them, because otherwise this is a cooking letter show. Right, right. <laughs> um, lots, so, of, lots of, oh wow, here's a butternut squash curry recipe. Um, this is valuable, Corey. but not terribly productivity right, right. related. <laughs> Yeah, this that one's from Corey Large. Again, um, episodes 106, 107, great comments. Great comments. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, this is from Lenora. Uh, I know this is a couple months behind and not a terribly exciting comment, but I felt driven to post it despite. The company I temp at has volunteer hours scheduled in and both specific signups for set days and the option to enter your own volunteer hours. So people go off for a day to hammer frames together for Habitat for Humanity or serve meals for a soup kitchen. They also have frequent donation baskets out for school supplies, food banks, holiday gifts, which are the only way I as a temp can currently donate, alas. They also reward the biggest donors with an extra money donation to the cause of the winner's choice. It's not the only reason I'm gunning for a permanent position here, but it's definitely one of the signs of a healthy corporate culture, along with reasonable hour flexibility, attention to life, balance and time off, and fairly good communication up and down the ladder. I'll be using it in the future if I move on elsewhere. Notably, though, as someone who did most of her past temping and work positions in not-for-profits, the not-for-profits themselves tend to have a much worse corporate culture with much greater drive to work to burnout and an assumption all one's volunteerism should be turned inward to their use, not outward to other causes. Oh, God, never work for a church. Right? I know that some of it is how many of the not-for-profits has a razor, have a razor-thin budget and a dependence on government grants that can change what they can accomplish year by year, but even once I account for that, I find it strange and a lot of ways that a for-profit company even one with a cause behind products a cause behind its products and r&d is so much healthier place to work you're not wrong you're there, not wrong there's and a whole thing with a lot of uh, a lot of uh non-profits charities and again churches that one of the things if you're a freelancer i tell people never work for a church no never never they do not pay you no you are supposed to have done it for Jesus, and they are actually usually offended when you suggest otherwise. Pay, getting paid for your time. The other thing about it or is— Or they'll prey on your invoice. Oh, God. The other thing about it is that the government regulations around what constitutes a not-for-profit versus a for-profit, depending on the classification of the not-for-profit, can mean that, in some cases, a not-for-profit is basically not allowed to have any money. Like, if they get money in, it has to go back out, and anytime the auditors come around and they find out that someone has an industry standard salary or something like that, they get grumpy. Well, it really depends on the profit, because there are plenty of nonprofits right. that have industry standard salaries. I just think that the one you worked for was shit. Mm. <laughs> I've worked for more than one with, that same, with the same sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and then... I was thinking of one in particular. Well, yes, I know which one you were thinking of. did not even know what could be written off and could not. And so it was like, we'll just write everything off as a donation all the time we spent. It's like, no, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Not that I'm bitter. At the end of the day, you need to vet. If you're going to work for a nonprofit, vet them heavily. 
and uh, somewhere out on the internet, I'll see if I can dig up my copy or an original link to it, is a chart of should you work for free. And pretty much all of it ends in no, except for the one where it says, is it for your mother? And then the answer is yes. Uh, I think there's also... If you say, but I really, really want to, it's fine, but don't make a habit of it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's. oh my God, the twists and turns in it are, are it's a great flowchart um, decision tree thing, but it basically all ends in, should I work for free? No. Yeah. Right. Uh, and God, if we lived in a post-capitalist society, then uh, we'd have to iron out a lot of things because I imagine these people would still be trying to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because people are people, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately. Okay, now I'm going to start singing that one song. Is yes. it Depeche Mode? Yes. Well, let's try Let's try if, if this one. Um, I talked about, at some point, using machine learning and managing the coop, and Yvonne wrote in to say, in case it's useful to coop monitoring, you might want to search out information on electric monitoring in commercial fisheries. Species identification with high-speed cameras is being tweaked in various government and private research projects. Possible, useful, possibly useful in sorting the predators from the larger fowl. Oh, that's cool. That's Yeah, it's really cool. And the new cameras I have installed lend themselves to that sort of application a little bit more. And it's something I'm going to look into. I'm waiting on a firmware update on the the cameras because they don't actually stream live. They, I mean, they do, but it's uh, anyway, it's long and complicated and uh, I'm waiting you, for them to update and add some features. I should also point out that you are absolutely looking for a problem to solve in the most convoluted way possible. Sometimes because we have six chickens. We do. And you go out and collect eggs every day. It's not like you're sitting here waiting for an egg to pop so you can lunge outside and collect it. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for a blue egg to pop out of E.E. E. Hennings. Yes, well. Well, because she's an Easter egger and, and that, I'm excited. And that's a good thing to be excited yeah. about. Uh, Star, who has been on the show, reminder that any more than once a year and you should just start a separate Kevin and Dino podcast. We've discussed that. <laughs> um Ah, Gerald. Our friend Gerald, yes. Uh, hello, Kevin and Associated Wombat co-host. Yo! I've recently gotten a new position. Same employer, just working for a different client in a different role, doing market research for talent acquisition for biochem pharmacy tech company. Oof. This means that my job routine is going under a major shift, and I'd like some advice on how to handle it. Ooh, sorry, it's been almost a month since you wrote this. Um, anyway, previously as a candidate sourcer, I was given positions and kept working on them, usual for, usually for several weeks or months, to find contact and screen candidates for the roles. I have six to 12 roles working at any one time and would generally have one or two roles rotate in and out a week. Now, as a market researcher, I'm no longer looking for individual candidates, but for information about candidates and the job markets we are hiring. I'm working off a Ticketing system and turnaround times for requests are in a matter of days, ideally with me knocking out a request or two per day. I'm not working any sort of incident response like I would with tech support or admin roles, so I have a little more flexibility there. I'm curious if you have any advice on adjusting for new cadences on job rhythms, especially when you're starting out and not entirely sure what those cadences will be. Do you recommend any books or bullet journal styles? I would suggest, uh, just off the top of my head, noting down how long you are spending at various tasks. Uh, that's absolutely a great thing to do. 
Just uh, mm-hmm. how long a ticket takes you, how long you spend on research, things like that, on average, because you may find that the bits that are interesting go a lot faster. And uh, so, or if you're like me, you just have a crap sense of time in general. Yeah. Uh, it's worth figuring that out mm-hmm. because that may tell you how you want to block your time. Right. And what system Sorry will work better. Sorry about the Velcro. That's, uh, that's my only suggestion mm-hmm. because, as you know, I write all day and hope people shove food under the door. There's that. The other thing to think about is if you've got a little more flexibility in your timing and how it works, it may be worth doing some time blocking where you just say, I'm going to work on this type of task. Or if you know you're going to have to do market research in several different markets, but on the same subject, uh, just say I'm researching this subject and take copious notes. There is, I mean, that, that sort of falls into the, um, the, the organizational process that I talked to with Nate when he was a line cook about how, when you're washing the dishes or when you're peeling the potatoes or, you know, there's a whole process. You have to wash the potato to dry the potato. You have to peel the potato. And he was washing the potato, drying it, peeling it, washing the next one, drying it, peeling it. And instead he was advised by one of the senior cooks to batch it up. So wash them all, dry them all, peel them all work smarter, not harder. And that may apply here, depending on, on what kind of research you're doing. The other thing uh, is like Ursula said, time it and track it. Maybe you'll find out that there's a template that you can use. After three or four of these, you might realize that you're going through the same steps. So write down what you're doing as you're doing it. And you might look at it and go, okay, so for the last five, I've done these same six or seven things. I will now, st- you can start templating out like I have, they have a request for market research. You can actually preload with questions and answers and start to set expectations. And maybe they've already done that. Maybe they haven't. It's a useful thing to do. Because once you have a template and you can start returning standardized information, the customer is going to appreciate it too. Because suddenly they're not like, oh, no, why does he write in three different styles or why does he organize it three different ways? That consistency will will actually help you a lot too. Because it's like, well, now I'm filling out this and that and the other. And it'll help you align your thoughts through it. Uh, Books or bullet journal styles, you know, I... I don't know of any off the top of my head. I would think that you could probably build your template in a bullet journal and just start, you know, this is, here's the section on things I'm researching and dump, you know, one, two, three, or even a section, you know, each day's page, however you want to do it. The other option is to just write down ticket numbers and maybe your status in a bullet journal, and then use that to reference back to the ticket you were working on when. Sorry, I'm I'm not much for market research. When I end up doing research, it usually ends up like some sort of a wild deep dive into documentation. I've got 15 tabs open. So until I find the answer or the, the process I'm looking for. I wish I could be more helpful, and I do still owe you. Did we send stickers with you to the coffee shop for Not Gerald? Yet. Okay, so I still owe Gerald stickers. We'll, we'll take care of that. All right. Um, from Patricia, and and thank you, Gerald. Um, thank you for this. I absolutely love the three episodes. This is uh, from one hundred and nine, Cooking with Dino, Part Three. 
and have been sending them to people who get food and the issues that arise with them, especially food security. I love Dino specials, and I think if it's possible, you may want to consider them as a quarterly, half-yearly thing. Oh, see, told you, everybody. I have heard you all. Um, because personal productivity is fine and all, but these episodes also point out how much of our own productivity is based on factors outside the usual get planner organized self, such as food policy in the world at large. Sending you and Dino much love for your compassion. Thank you, Patricia. May your pantries always be stocked, your wallets always full of cash and blessings multiplied. I, uh, while I was weed whacking, I yeah. forgot my wallet was in my pocket and oh, it fell out and I weed whacked it. How is your wallet? Oh, it's fine. <laughs> Thank God it was just a little electric weed wallet, weed whacker, and yeah. I saw it. I stopped immediately, but yeah. Yeah. It was a day. It was a, th yeah, it, it's been like that. Um, episode 107. Oh, talking about teas, because we had, I talked about, um, Puer when, because my Puer came in in the middle of, of that portion of the recording. I, uh, this is from Lenora and it says, I have had such completely different experiences with different Puer's. So if your first one here is bad, don't assume it's all North American imports. I have had one that was as smoky as Lapsang Suchong. Uh, Puer is many things, but should not be smoked. Some ex excellent ones that fit the flavor profile, some that were barely distinguishable from black, red, or oolong, and some that were definitely, some that were definitely Puer, but just not for me. And I definitely haven't been sold on any Shang Puer. Current favorite is called Celestial Tribute, having found through Upton Tea. David Silken was decent, but more of a daily kind of tea than a fancy tea. I, I actually really like the one I bought. Thank you, by the way, for the recommendations, Lenora. Um, I really like the one I bought. It's really good. It's not really tea season for me, so I haven't been drinking it that much. It's bloody hot out there. And, oh, God, it's so hot. Yeah, so I'm drinking a lot of, like, I have my coffee in the morning, and then it's just nothing but fizzy cold, water. fizzy water or regular water for the rest of the day. Um, as we get closer to fall and winter and tea is a much more desirable thing in my like when i'm going you know i i should take some tea with me or you know i, I want something warm on my afternoon drive to pick the kid up uh jacob up i call him the kid i call him the teenager i call him all kinds of things uh all of them reasonably polite just saying um <laughs> but i did once call him a swarm of locusts walking upright but he thought that was funny oh and not inaccurate <laughs> But the idea is that it's actually, I like this one. It's just a question of, of when, uh, I'm going to have a chance to drink it again. Let's see. Madison. Hi, Kevin. I've been listening my with way through a very large backlog of productivity alchemy episodes while dealing with some major anxiety related to not getting things done. Uh, solidarity brother. Yeah. And I seem to recall an offhand or mention. Or sister, I don't know. Gender neutral name. Yes. And I seem to recall an offhand mention in one episode about some kind of to-do list or, or productivity. sibling because we don't want to, you know. Some kind of to-do list or productivity management tool that only allows a certain number of tasks in the currently doing section, but I haven't been able to find it and am kind of wondering if I was hallucinating it. I'd like to find some kind of app that allows me to set up a massive to-do list at the start of the day, order it by order of operations priority, and then have the first two or three items that's be all that's fed into my current to-dos list and not have any further tasks be fed until I've checked something off. I found that a lot of my anxiety is worsened by seeing that big long list. Oh, Lord, 
you're not the only one because I feel like I've got to work on everything at once, but I need that big long list because otherwise I just forget things immediately. The workaround I've been trying to have is the big long list on my computer. We use Trello at my workplace and my to-do list is massive. Looking at that list determined the top few to-dos, writing them down physically on a piece of paper, and then trying to ignore the existence of Trello as I work on just those two or three things. But the problem is that in order to select new tasks, I have to look at the big long list again and get overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. Is there any app that just does this out of the box or am I shit out of luck? Thanks for any guidance you can offer. Your podcast has kept me from going completely off the rails and has me thinking actively about ways to make myself more productive or, you know, productive at all while I've been going through this anxiety spiral, and it's helped a lot. First of all, I want to say living through the anxiety spiral is accomplishing something. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you have been productive. You are still alive, and go you. You got shit done. You did. And even if that shit done was getting yourself up and to work and making progress on something uh, and then getting home. Yeah. And even if you don't make progress on something, hey, man, you got up, you went to work and you came home. Do we have a gender neutral replacement for hey, man? Uh, no, it... and the problem is that I use dude so much. I, and know. I know it's not a gender neutral, even though when you're from the West Coast, it's much more gender neutral. Right up until the point where you say something like, I only date dudes, and then immediately it becomes extremely gendered language, so, because English is complicated. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and hey, person doesn't roll off it the It really tongue. doesn't. It, it really hey, comrade. Doesn't. Hey, folks. Um, That's what we almost got to do, I think. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, we we have... <laughs> Male, female, those who identify as neither listeners, mm -hmm. and I don't want any of them to be left out. So what, what may help, uh, I don't know of an app that does it specifically the way you want, but uh, I'm going to lean back on some suggestions from people I've interviewed, and that is maybe instead of first thing in the morning, pre-plan. Here are the three things I'm going to accomplish tomorrow. Go home. You know what you're doing tomorrow. If you get through through those... Oh, you mean last thing of the day, not first thing in the morning. Right. Well, yeah. no, no, no. You know what you're going to do first thing in the morning because the night before, before you go home, you've you've looked at the priorities and those are the things you're doing in the morning. Which only helps up to the point where you get one of those done, unfortunately, because then you have the... You still have to go pick the next one. The... Uh, but... It may be just here are the five I'm going to do today and I won't pick any more until after... A certain time of day, towards the end of the day, and those are the five I'll do tomorrow. This is problematic if you have an interrupt-driven workplace where you're liable to get three more that may be higher priority as they come in. I don't know how to address that. Uh, if your priority, the priority of things is not under your control, it becomes a lot harder to sort these tasks. And I mean it. The... The difficulty is that when you're not setting your own priorities, suddenly that makes your anxiety worse because now you're not in control and, eh, and you need to, you need to have the, uh, at least control enough out of things so that it doesn't drive you insane, which is what this will do in current way. Well, mm -hmm. unless you're one of those people who's all deciding is hard, somebody tell me what the hell to do next, right. which is nice. And that's actually part of the reason that I'm having such a hard time in my rut now that I think about it is that I have to keep deciding what the next thing to do is instead of having a nice project in front of me that's like, this thing, let's go. 
Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. Now, another option I was just thinking of is there are some command line tools out there. If you're brave, if you're a little technical, if you're brave, um, you can, there, there are tools out there that could hook straight to Trello and you can just say, pull next task and have it display on screen. I mean, that's an option. It may require some coding on your part. Unfortunately, I, I don't know of anything made off the top of my head. And then suddenly I was just remembering, I think. What we need is Tinder for task bars. Well, no, I was just thinking. Swipe right on this task. Swipe I, left. I Swipe believe right. if you're on Mac. Notice I'm saying if you're on Mac. I believe either Things or OmniFocus has an option where it will where you can just show the next thing. Uh, I know that uh, to do txt the the plain text to do list app it's command line but there are some some graphical things at least on the command line you can just and and I think task uh, warrior as well have a what's next it won't show you the rest of the list it just shows you what's next on the list you've completed a great what's next and it'll give you the next high priority thing none of these talk to Trello directly so it's I'm going to rant about – remind me when we're done with the letters to rant about integration because I, I have a rant. Um, that's what I can come up with here, Madison. I wish I had some better answers, but hopefully this will give you some places to look. Whew. Dent Corn. Natasha wrote in to say, hey, Kevin, I really love the podcast. In a recent episode, you said that something like all dent corn is terrible. And I did want to say that dent corn is simply a kernel type in between the flint and flower type. Corn. Yes, I yelled at you about this. You the other yelled day. at me so much, uh, which are on <laughs> extreme on ends of their kernel type and inherently isn't bad. They're heirloom dent types. And while they are basically used for animal feed, there are plenty that have been used for human food and alcohol. The recent popular bloody butcher corn is a decent dent type corn. I agree on other points about our food system. Hope you recover well from all the travel. Natasha. I think that's the one. It might be the bloody butcher that's in the, I have an all, I picked up an all corn bourbon. It's amazing. While we were in uh, Albuquerque and uh, it was some sort of red heirloom corn. It might've been the bloody butcher. So I have to find out. Anyway, thank you, Natasha. Yes, Ursula corrected me. You've corrected me. I stand corrected in any way. I'm mostly used to seeing dent corn as either industrial uses or corn nuts. So I'm really sorry. I will pay more attention. Corn is important, mostly because we're made of it. That's your own innards you're talking about. Yeah, I know. Um, Lenora wrote in to tell me that the link for the Puerto Rico import company just links back to the pepper grinder, which means either I missed something or I, I'll try to correct that in the next 24. I'll try to correct that by the time this episode goes live. Um, and finally from Sarah. Uh, thanks for the interview. It was a lot of fun. This is actually on Sarah's own interview. I realized upon listening to it again that I should have added something at the end. If anyone in the U.S. needs help registering to vote, figuring out voter ID, polling places, etc., please feel free to hit me up on Twitter, where library. W-E-R-E-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y. It's also linked in the show notes for that episode. I can almost certainly either help or find the people in your area who can help you with your question problem. Absolutely. And this is such an unbelievably oh, God, vital yes. service. Yeah. Yeah. And especially here in North Carolina. Where I mean, we yeah. are neck deep in bullshit. 
Yes. <laughs> we would go on about the bullshit, but... But we'll be here for another hour. So. Right, and we need to take a break, and I want to thank, before we do that, I want to thank Damien and Elle and Dino and Corey, and... Yvonne. Yvonne and Lenora and Star Gerald. and Gerald and Patricia and Madison and Natasha for all of their comments. And Sarah, I want to thank you all. Um, we will, uh, you know, when we come back to our letters show next month, I hope to hear from more of you. You can either comment on the webpage at productivityalchemy.com. You can write me, Kevin, at sunny.com. Although you comment or use the feedback form, it gets it, it automatically gets filed and filtered and starred, so I it won't get lost in some of the shuffle. Although I've got so many filters now. It's yeah. Anyway, um that's that. And I tell you what, we will be right back after this. final round right the third trimester third. this is for the gold people don't do that you're gonna break okay <laughs> sorry i just had a moment anyway yeah yeah you, you had a moment it's a good moment thank you to everyone who wrote in uh sarah lenora natasha madison Pat, patricia gerald star yvonne dino Corey, wordpress uh that's uh, Lenora, um, L and Damien, we appreciate your letters. We really do. Our badge code for this week is dent corn. <laughs> I mean, come on. I've, I've, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I can admit I'm, I, I have a lot to learn on this subject. So here's you, everybody out there should learn more about corn. You're made of it. Sorry. In the U.S., you're made of it. US, Other people it. may not be may made not of corn. Be, but we're really so much corn. Uh, but dent corn, because as much as I might have railed against it and made some inaccurate statements, it is an incredibly useful product. And frankly, we're made of it. So, yeah. Someday the corn god will rise mad in the fields for what has been done. I, I've had people say they're waiting for you to write that story. Yeah, maybe I should poke the one I've got and see if I can turn it into something for There, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So you can find out more about badges at productivityalchemy.com, right on the menu, the badge menu, where there's a badge how-to that explains it all, all of it, where to enter it on the webpage, how to set it up, what the badges are, all that groovy stuff. Okay, I promised a rant. I'll try to make it a quick rant. Oh, I did not know a rant had been promised. A rant had been promised about productivity apps. Okay. Um, Rail on! I, I love them and I hate them. And part of the reason is that, okay, so I was thinking about Jacob's organization, because we haven't done a check-in with, with the teenage test subject in a while, and really, he's streamlined it. He uses the Google Education Classroom, and it integrates with Gmail and all the school stuff, so he's 
pretty much settled on Google Suite, and it's great, and he's getting things done, and he's not missing his assignments. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. And he's going to have to probably find a whole new one next year because he's going to lose that account because the school's going away. And I was thinking about portability data, and I was thinking about how all of the apps I've been looking at, and I've been looking at apps, you know, on and off, cons- I like consistently for the last decade, maybe more, since I got my first iPad. And I'm so frustrated with the lack of interoperability between them. It drives me insane. Every last one of them. I mean, if you're using a web service, you can sync, but you have to sync using their web service. God forbid you're on an iPhone and you want to, you want to use the reminders there, but on your desktop, you like the, say, the Todoist client better. No, they won't talk to each other. Google tasks. I mean, it's this great big steaming mess. And that, this isn't pro- this isn't productivity apps though. This is nothing talks to each other. Well, and but it becomes really frustrating when you're trying to do stuff like this. Like I was like the discussion with Trello. The reason I love Trello, I would use Trello more, but there's really not much without a lot of like gum work and and string and bubble gum and Zapier and IFTT and scripts and all this to make it so that if I check if I want to check something off. In is, my email client, is IFTTTP the equivalent of duct tape? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, if this, then that. It's a great service. I really like it. But again, there are, and I love Zapier. And Wade was a great interview. Wade, if you're listening, anytime, dude. Um, the whole idea, though, is that if I find a good app, it is so frustrating then to find out that. I have to rearrange my entire workflow, not just my workflow sometimes, but my entire like work setup. If I find a good app on a Mac and it works really well for me, but not on my Chromebook because it's Mac only, not on my phone because it's Android, not on when I put it on my other Mac, I'm like, great. And then I find out, oh, it doesn't talk to anything and you have to do weird steps or whatever to get it so that your to-do list is the same in two places. Drives me insane. The and it Wonderlist actually, goes away, my sorrow. The guy, one of the guys who founded Wonderlist um, actually offered to buy it back from Microsoft. I will give him my lunch money. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh my god, if he if he does it, Ursula will be so happy. So many people will be happy because everybody loves Wanderlist and it it works reasonably well and it was designed to be cross platform and none of this. Here's a really good productivity app if you're on a Mac. Here's a really great thing if you're on Windows. Uh, they're you know and it's, it's okay ernie i know you're not on mac or windows uh, yeah but i found a, I, I was looking at a really great calendar app and i'm like this is fantastic and i looked and i'm like well how do i sync and it says well you can sync via icloud drive or dropbox i'm like well i don't use dropbox on the work machine so i guess i have to do it through icloud but wait how what do i do if it's how do I do it on my Android phone now? And uh, because they export the raw files, and so you can actually edit them with a text editor. Oh my God, this is yeah. Anyway, um, but it, it's just a frustrating thing when you're trying to get things done, and you find out that even the app makers who might make this beautiful app are only cited on one platform, one use case. Uh, the the I have a machine and it is my machine and I don't have any other machines and I don't, you know, and, and that's it. It's only on my iPhone because oh, it's all I use anymore is my iPhone. Well, that's, that's yeah. problem with everything. I mean, 
supporting book sales on anything but Kindle. Oh yeah. Is honestly, I am doing it just so people don't send me questions about where it is. I don't make money on it by any, I mean, I suppose I make, I don't make enough for it to be worth the effort put into it. Right. But I do it because there are people still on those other systems and also because, you know, I really don't want Amazon to be like the sole owner of everything. Yeah. Even though, and I can look at my bank statement and see just how much those other platforms are not competitive, but, uh, and I still have to go and make four different, you know, things that I am so, but the thing is, because that was a need, uh, Drafted Digital stepped in and filled it, oh, except yeah. for freaking Google Play, who was like, no, we want everyone to have a separate account on Google now. We're not going to let you do this anymore. So that's why none of my stuff's on Google Play, because they decided to rewall their garden. Right. And screw you. Life um, is short. I'm, um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I'm getting, I'm, I'm increasingly frustrated in that all of us, and not just me, but I'm sure several of my listeners, we will find a good app and then find out that we have to cobble together solutions to work with that app. And I like tinkering, and sometimes it's great and sometimes it isn't, but it's just frustrating. And it was a frustration I was hitting earlier this week and was thinking about it earlier today. So that's my rant. I'm all ranted out now. Man, we got to, like, strength train you on rants. Well... You get me talking about corn or potatoes, I can do 15 minutes breathing, you know, in between screams. Look, I did... I, I also did, you know, like, eight hours of coding today and building <laughs> images and helping people with their with their stuff. I no, mean, it's fine, dear. The, uh, 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 a filibuster of a rant is something you got to work up to. We'll train oh, you. It's I, good. I'm sure I can I can get rolling with them. It's <laughs> you know it's just been a long day and we've been recording for almost an hour. So I'm just happy it's out of my system. Maybe it's more of a vent than a rant. Ah, uh, yeah. So on that a, a vent, you vent. Yeah. And then it's over. A rant is you know as soon as somebody new walks up, you turn and begin again. Oh, I could probably begin again. No, no, please don't. I'm not. Not not right now. But. If you want to rehear the rant, just hit rewind and yeah. uh, and play it again. And yeah. or, or find me at All Things Open. Uh, <laughs> Cassandra Ka and I will be presenting on storytelling for engineers uh, on day two of All Things Open in October in Raleigh. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, it'll be good to see Cassandra again on something other than Skype. Uh, I will also be at WindyCon. Uh, the Dorsai regulars are having their annual meeting there, and so I will be there. Ursula will be home in her happy rut, we hope. I better be in a rut by November, or else <laughs> we're going to have some real right. problems. The book's due in January. Oh, yeah, you better. Do you need me to plow a rut? I'll go rent equipment. So, funny story. Oh, Lord. The, uh, oh, right. Yeah, this our, our tree guy has flaked. He is never going to get those trees cleared. We have we have established the trees will. It's never going to happen. Dude was like, I have been on the phone to him or text twice, uh, you know, every other day, basically. And he keeps saying, I'll do it in a day or two. And it's been months and he hasn't done it. So we're like, all right, we'll find somebody else. And at one point, dude was like, you know, I just went and looked up the price of renting a uh, skid steer and a bobcat with a forestry head and whatnot so we can cut down the trees uh, and clear that the silva pasture area. And, you know, 
we could probably do this for about six grand. It would take about a week and uh, I could run the equipment. And I'm like, I would pay you for your time to run the equipment, but we are talking about running mechanical things over, a, you know, rutted ground uneven and knocking trees down and pulling stumps out and possibly flipping over. And he's like, Oh, I love stuff like this. I'm like, okay, if you want to do it, I'm willing to, I will, we will make this happen. Um, fortunately he found someone else who might be interested in who is going to come out and give us a quote. And if dude can't do it, then I guess it's going to be amateur hour on dog skull patch. I, I offered to cut down the trees. I just can't pull the stumps. And, uh, yeah. we're, uh, we're, we're not letting Kevin drive these things no, because I am no, attached no. to Kevin. Yeah. And also, uh, my friend Brooke is forbidden from doing so because she was like, I managed to flip a skid steer or steer. Yeah. Skid steer. Not just sideways. Any idiot can roll it sideways. I did it front, uh, you know, front over back. I'm like, that's impressive. I well can, I can you. see the joy on her face when she said that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. I forgot what we were talking about. Uh, well, what we were talking about was the thank you to everybody for listening and that you can support us by going to productivityalchemy.com uh, slash support. I think it's slash support. Oh, we have a support us page there. Anyway, go to productivityalchemy.com, click on support. It's got links to patreon.com slash Ursula V, where you can become a, a patron of... Ursula's stuff, which includes the podcasts. It does. You can also find a link to my Kofi page, Kofi.com, K-O-F-I.com slash K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. And buy me a coffee. I live off of coffee before noon. I believe we've discussed that in the past. And it also has, uh, I've got a thing in there where if you just want to give money directly to us, that's great. Uh, I also do encourage you, if you don't, have the means or aren't comfortable supporting us financially support your favorite charity share the and share the podcast with your friends yep uh, you know like us share it uh that is a form of support and is just as valuable as the monies because uh, hey man yeah and, i want to help uh, people <laughs> a good uh if you're looking for a charity this time of year mm -hmm. the bahamas could definitely use some love yeah it's been a, a rough month or so for the Bahamas and they need a lot of help uh, vet your charities but uh, money is always more efficient than goods yeah yeah there's I, I can there's whole discussions about why that is yeah uh, so that's that and I want to thank everybody for listening and go out there folks and stay productive oh god my rut my beautiful absent rut